working. It says recording in the corner. Right. So wait. So you were just you were just saying something about me. Yeah, you had your face so close to the camera. I thought they were like all the photos of boomers trying to take pictures of them. I look like a baby boomer selfie right now. Guys, yeah. I'm at the airport. <laughs> I can't see you. Help. Help. Honey. This is me at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> All right, Lynn, do you want to do the intro? Sure. Okay. Um, welcome to the Motorcycle Scoop. It's a podcast about motorcycles and ice cream. I'm here with Aubrey and the person who I'm talking through through satellite channels is Motorcycle Chris. Uh, live from Providence. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're live from Providence in Winthrop. I like uh, I like it. I like being over here because then you guys can't like hit oh, me. So you're not with us. <laughs> we we like you over there too. <laughs> I like that I can hit the mute button. I wouldn't say that out loud to us. I would. <laughs> I know, I'm technically not the meeting host, right? So I, I have no power here. Nope. <clears throat> I'm powerless. I'm at your I'm at your beck and call. Yeah, that's not true, but it'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So um, today we're going we're to run Zoom. Run Zoom. We're zooming. The motorcycle Zoop. Ooh. Zoop. I would I would just say Zoom. Zoom. That has, yeah, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna workshop that. Copyright that. All right. The motorcycle zoom. Uh, oh, so John, my friend John recommended that at the top of the episode, I kind of do like a quick, okay, so today we're going to talk about segment. Does that sound good or no? Is he paying for this? No, no, I'm not talking about him, but I'm talking about the, uh, we can invoice him if you want. Only if he pays. Yeah. All right. So today we're going to talk about, um, we're going to do a little greatest hits from as a solo. I guarantee whatever you're going to say is not one of my greatest hits. It's going <laughs> to, we're going to do a little greatest hits of uh, how Donald Trump's uh, how, uh, tariffs have affected the motorcycle industry as kind of a see you later. Uh, and then I have two Harley Davidson stories and an ice cream story for you, Lynn. I also have an ice cream story. Oh, ice cream stories. Flipping the script. Yeah, you go first. Uh, okay, I'll go. I'll go first. <laughs> we we've learned how much Lynn doesn't like reading. Uh, yeah, guys. So we are uh, we are post election. Feeling pretty good about it. How about yourselves? I voted. Aubrey and I only ate pasta and cake for two days. We were oh, really what? sick. I was like to the point I thought I was gonna puke every day. We woke I felt up awful. Yeah, we woke up Thursday or Friday morning and like both kind of looked at each other and we're like, we have to stop. <laughs> it's like I need this is not okay. I need a nutrient. Pasta, pasta and cake really is the uh, the Batman and Robin of uh, the culinary world. I think we literally had cake for three meals with cake. pasta. <laughs> I had spaghetti I did, for breakfast. I did a little stress eating that week. I made cake for breakfast for multiple days. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thanks. This isn't a uh, this isn't a uh, talk space um, um, session here. This is a this is a podcast about motorcycles. Okay, go on. Uh, uh, so um, yeah, so I thought uh, I'd do a little a little review of um, how how Donald Trump's uh, tariffs have actually affected the motorcycle industry and what some of the people in the motorcycle industry had to say about it um, at the time. So. We're in the motorcycle industry. Fucking right we are. Um, that means I get to say something about it. That's right. 
And once you tell me what's in the article, I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, first up, this article is from Forbes.com. Oh, so it's highbrow. So yeah. So this is this was actually an editor's pick. Ah. Uh, September thirtieth, uh, two thousand nineteen. Trump's tariffs. Ooh, that's hard to say. Trump's tariffs have wiped one. <laughs> well, it was for me. Clearly it was. Trump's tariffs have wiped 1.4 billion off of Harley Davidson's market cap. So I didn't know this, but just two weeks after being inaugurated, President Trump welcomed Harley Davidson executives to the White House and showered it with compliments, saying it's so great to have Harley Davidson. What a great, great group of people. What a fantastic job you do. And that was the, that was the last. We're listening. Stop taking pictures of me. <laughs> For the gram, go on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> come on, get a get a better get a better one. Get, get, looks, like, looks like you're FaceTiming your nieces. Get one with me and with like some papers in it, like this. Oh, you know, like hold on, let me get a, let me get a picture of Lane getting pictures of you. You know what I mean? So, so anyway, I'll continue. Uh, so quoting from the article, so he said these nice things about Harley Davidson. They're a true icon. They're one of the greats. In March 2018, Trump imposed a 25% tariff on steel and a 10% tariff on aluminum imported from the European Union. Uh, he, at the time, tweeted that trade wars are good and easy to win. That is not true. That was never true. Anybody who believes that is a fucking asshole. In retaliation, the EU increased tariffs on, the motor- on motorcycles from 6% to 31% uh, in June, uh, which added $2,200 to the average cost of a Harley-Davidson. A few days later, Harley-Davidson announced that it would be moving some production out of the U.S. to avoid higher tariffs. So let me repeat that. Harley-Davidson announced that it would be moving production out of the U.S. to avoid uh, the higher tariffs. Uh, on its July 2018 earnings conference call, Matt Levitich, Harley-Davidson's CEO, said it was just over a year ago when the European Union imposed significant incremental tariffs on Harley-Davidson motorcycles made in the U.S. and exported to the EU, driving tariffs from 6% to 31%. Tariffs that are scheduled to increase to 56% in 2021, obviously not happening now. So they established their primary path to leverage Thailand operations still under construction. um, And at that point, to get tariffs back to 6% as soon as possible. So they're kind of getting it from both ends because any imported steel, they have to pay extra for that's coming in from the EU. And also anything that's going out it's raising the costs on. And like, what I think people don't really understand is that like tariffs, tariffs are taxes. So that's Donald Trump raising your taxes and raising taxes on these businesses and forcing them to leave. Baggers are going to be so much more expensive than they already are. I mean, <laughs> I know you really can't add another $2,200 uh, on a, on a $30,000 bagger. Sure you can. Um, sure you can. You know, you know just remortgage the house, sell a child, whatever. It's it's just uh, it's just mind-boggling to me. The thing about this this time period is that like like Donald Trump is like a good businessman if you're a person who has no fucking idea about business or how like the world actually works. Like he's like a stupid person's idea of a smart businessman. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Well, obvious too us to some of us yeah and even those who are in that industry to begin with if you take out just motorcycle building but a lot of like the steel mills and things like that 
we all knew this was going to be a bad idea both ways. Everyone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so continuing from the article, to lessen the impact of the EU tariffs, Harley-Davidson announced in July 2018 they'd be moving some of production out of the U.S. The U.S. tariffs would cost the company over $40 million in additional costs just in 2018. Not surprisingly, Trump tweeted out, so this is Trump's tweet, Quote, surprised that Harley-Davidson of all companies would be the first to wave the white flag. I fought hard for them, and ultimately they will not pay tariffs selling into the EU. I mean, it's just crap. It's garbage. It's not real. Anything that comes out of his mouth, not real. Well, because he doesn't understand how tariffs work. He doesn't understand that tariffs get passed on to the consumer. Like, he's just like, he, he thinks it's just going to magically... Um, he this works. He doesn't understand how electoral, electoral college works. Like, <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, clearly our, our listeners know how we feel about him. But like, so going into this with like looking at the article, I don't understand how you can blame one motorcycle manufacturer for... Well, it's unsustainable. He essentially erased all their growth down to like 2012 levels, it said. Yeah, that's shares, what I'm Shares are back down to 2012 to 2012 uh, levels. And I also have... Hold on. So this article is from Biz journals.com that's b-i-z lynn because you know i don't have time to to type out business (laughs) and i'm a cool guy so i'm a cool dad so so this is right around the time all that was happening may 8th 2019 uh polaris ceo Trump's threatened tariff hike would be catastrophic. Polaris Industries Incorporated CEO Scott Wine on Tuesday voiced alarm over the Trump administration's threat to further raise tariffs on Chinese products. Now, this is so this is Chinese products, saying such a move would be downright catastrophic in terms of impact on the company employees. Wine made the comments in an interview with CNBC, during which he said the White House's plan to boost tariffs on Chinese-made goods to 25% effective Friday, if a trade deal isn't reached, would cost Medina-based Polaris an additional $200 million, wiping out a third of its, of its expected net income. Now, Wine also said Polaris would pursue an exemption for the company on tariffs imposed on its raw materials for ATVs, snowmobiles, boats, and motorcycles. So two things here. One, you're fighting a trade war on two fronts with China and with the EU, and you're losing both of them, okay? First of all. And second of all, let's say like Polaris can get an exemption, and I believe that they did, and um, I think KTM, KTM got an exemption as well because there was a foreign motorcycle coming in tariff that was essentially going to be 100%, which means that we would be paying double for a Triumph Bonneville, like literally double, and we would have to pay that, and it's not, it's not sustainable. Now, big companies like Polaris and Harley-Davidson can, could get exemptions from this, but like, there are plenty of like, smaller manufacturers that don't have an army of corporate lawyers uh, that have been KTM isn't even like a quote-unquote small company, but they don't have the power that like, the bigger companies. Well, I think I would say that they probably do, and I'd say that Harley-Davidson does, but like, my best friend is like the president and founder of a company and they do manufacturing and he doesn't have the kind of uh, legal team that like Harley Davidson has or that Polaris has to lo- be able to lobby um, the white house and, and, and get an exemption on something like this, you know? And yeah. so his, the products of the, the, the price of his products have gone up because of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and my work prices, like, so I work at like a distributor of natural like ingredients and, cost of a bunch of our stuff has gone 
way up because way of, up yeah yeah like some of it almost doubled so it yeah. happens to lots of other industries too like outside of you know obviously the motorcycle industry yeah. so i think it's obvious when something like this happens no one's thinking about the small business or the small business owner or these companies that aren't like you said able to afford all these lawyers yeah and I mean, he claims he is. All politicians claim they are the, you know, the small business is the lifeblood of, of the country. And like, while they should believe that their actions obviously don't portray that, that thinking, you know what I mean? I mean, he, he said trade wars were good for the country and easy to win. And I haven't read one economist, like I've not read one economist that has said like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know? when was this article written? Um, so these were both written when, like when it was all going on, which was uh, last year, all throughout last year, actually beginning really in 2018 well, and all through last yeah. year. If we're going to talk about Polaris for a second. Um, Polaris? Polaris? Polaris. Polaris. You know what? It's my Midwest. Darling. Tomato, tomato. It's my Polaris, Midwest Polaris. accent. It's fine. <laughs> Darling, we're going we're gonna to take the Polaris out around the grounds. I will fight all of you. That's, um, uh, you got to live at Downton Abbey if you're going to own a Polaris. It seems as of two hours ago, this article that was put up, um, the CEO, Scott Wine of Polaris, mm. uh, he's leaving at the end of the year. Oh, is he really? Yep. Well, does it say where to apply? <sighs> I mean, yeah, like Minnesota. Or yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> forward them your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that was, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I'm so glad about the election. I'm happy to have the the adults back in the room, whether it's like COVID response or our um, our place on the global stage. Like, it is definitely like it's definitely affected the motorcycle industry negatively. I'm so glad my human rights aren't up for debate at the moment. Yeah, 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 Um, that too. I think it's also like when we talk about stuff like that is I'm very excited to see the switch in power, but you know, it's still going to be a lot of garbage garbage for the next four years. No, it's going to be a lot of garbage, and a lot of bullshit, but like, you know, 700, I read on Forbes, 700 economists were like, please do not reelect Donald Trump. And seven of them actually were Nobel prize winners. And they were just like, he's chaotic. It's ineffective. This like this belligerent approach to other countries and to trade is not helpful for anybody. And your hair looks great. And um, yeah, so we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Guess what? He lost. It's over. Does he know that? Has anyone told him yet? Uh, I think he's starting to, he's starting to come around to it. All right. So in Harley Davidson news, This is from Reuters.com. Dealers in India consider legal action against Harley Davidson. Now, according to the article, dealers in India for Harley Davidson said on Tuesday they are exploring legal action against the iconic American motorcycle brand after it effectively exited the market as part of a broader restructuring plan. So they're pulling everything out. They're pulling their sales and they're pulling their manufacturing as well. Yeah, but what about... um... They're bejeweled t-shirts. Are they uh, taking I think- <laughs> What about the bandanas? <laughs> Hopefully those will stay. So the U.S. company said in September it would discontinue its sales and manufacturing operations in India after a decade of struggling to gain a foothold. Uh, it, this is curious because India is, uh, and this is quoted from the article, India is one of the world's largest motorbike and scooter markets, but the bulk of that the bulk of sales come from low-end commuter models. You know what I mean? Yeah, Royal Enfield. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Big, big um, dikes, you know, like little guys. Yeah, I can't imagine like, so one of the whole reasons I got a motorcycle to begin with is I read this amazing article from this guy who bought a cheap ass tiny bike and he rode across Vietnam, bought it for like 500 bucks and then sold it for like $400 at the end of his trip. Right. And I want to say it was a Honda. Anyway, when I read this article, I just can't imagine like a pack of bagger daddies <laughs> anywhere in India. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with, uh, with a, you know, I love a bagger, you know, I, but I it's like there's a, there's, a time, there's a time and a place, you know. Or um, even like Dynabro culture. Like I'm just saying you, you see pictures of those streets and they're sardines. Like there's no, there's no way that they can. Yeah. I mean. Super light, like small displacement, even like a lot of like dual sport type bikes, like scooters, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and like they're utilitarian a lot of the time too, right? So a yeah, lot of it is like you how you. a bunch of people on it. You pack a, a maybe a, like an animal groceries yeah or yeah or you're like a delivery you're doing deliveries with it or or anything like that i mean according to the article the annual sales in the country halved to 2470 motorcycles um compared to 4641 five years earlier so it's it was showing like a steady steady decline i wonder what their smallest bike in that market is i wonder if like just like us if it's the street or if they have like an additional bike made for that. Hold on, Aubrey pulled up information I'm help- for me. I'm helpful. The research. Thank you. So pulling up the Harley Davidson bikes, this was listed. I'm not sure when, but on zigwheels.com. Zigwheels. The Harley Street Street, the 750. So not even the 500. The 750. The 883. The Fat Boy and the 48 Street Rod. Right, so that's that's the smallest displacement you could get in is India. So it's either um, it, they're both 750 cc's is the smallest for India, which is not that's, that's crazy. That's not that's, realistic. Like that is not realistic at all. I, yeah. I wish bike was 750. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's not realistic at all for the uh, for the environment. And if if most of, I mean, if they're you know, I'm sure they came in with like, we're Harley Davidson and this is a premier brand and we're going to sell this to rich businessmen. Yeah. Um, They'd be dumb. Like a lot of the other motorcycle companies, you know, partner with another company to make a smaller bike for those markets. And it's just dumb. They did. Well, they had a distribution deal with India's hero motor motocorp. So we just, Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So they pulled out and then they announced that they were pulling out in September and then a month later it entered a distribution deal with India's Hero Motocorp, which will also develop motorcycles to be sold under the Harley Davidson brand. So it sounds like they're pulling out of the manufacturing and they're fucking the dealers and then they're going to partner with Hero and make the smaller displacement motorcycles. I mean, that makes more... So... Go ahead, Liv, you want to so, this? It makes more sense, but they're fucking the dealers. That's like how much... The street, like stock 750 street model goes for in India. And it, give it in to me in rupees or? Yeah, well, so it's 469,000 rupees, but it's in that equates to 6,297 American dollars. Like that's a luxury item for so, there. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, like, I know that's how they're trying to pitch it, but it's like, 
so the, the, the people who are really getting hurt are the ones who are setting up Harley Davidson dealerships. So it, according to, the, to Reuters, it typically costs between 50 million and 80 million rupees uh, to set up a Harley Davidson dealership. Now that's about 670,000 to 1 million. Compensation being offered by the company is around 10% of the investment. So also on top of that, just so you know, the most popular bike is the Royal Enfield Bullet 350 there, allegedly. Oh, um, okay. Or one of the top bikes out of there. That yeah. goes for $1,700 for their entry level there. $1,700 American. Yeah. American. Yeah. So it's like four times less. Like okay. so, the, so, the, so the, the street is like three times, more than three times that. More yeah. than three times that. And they do have um, a Hero HF Deluxe listed here. Okay. which goes for 48950 which is what we had just looked up. Right. And that's very similar to the Harley. So I don't know who they're going to even try to compete. Or the, let me click on this. But I mean, again, you can't, you can't go into an industry where the average bike costs, let's say, $2,500 and go, here's our cheapest model at $6,500. Yeah, and the most popular bike costs $1,700. And you're going into a place... You're telling them that you're a premier brand. And that's their lowest end bike. They're still offering like higher end models, like whether it's Sportsters, like, um, was it like a a Road King or a Fat Boy or something? Like the street is also their lowest end. And then to be like, oh, that's already super, super expensive. Don't even look at the ones who are more expensive. And also there's no, I mean... Is is there a Harley culture in India that can sustain that can sustain I mean, these, these, these kind of numbers? Culture everywhere. I just don't yeah. know if it's if people care about that brand enough to be like competing that much. Also, yeah. looking at the Hero HF the Hero bikes there, um, they list them the Hero HF Deluxe prices. These are very low CC bikes under they look at hundred CCs each. And those start at, um, it looks like when I convert the price over to roughly about $675 per bike. Wow. So I, I'm, wow. If anything, I am interested to see what Harley does with this company and what they come up with to try to compete yeah. with bikes under $3,000. It's going to have to be a it's, a, it's a smart move and it might have been the one that they should have done in the beginning is to find a company that already has a sales and distribution network brand it they were probably cocky and thought that they can just go in on their name alone and be like don't worry everybody we'll be successful with what we have in these countries and it's like i think i think they're also (laughs) four countries that can't afford your seven thousand dollar i think there is i think there is base blowback too like i think that there is i think that there's probably like a harley culture here that would be like that's not a Harley Davidson. Like, what are they doing? Um, and now yeah, I think they're just going to... I, gonna, I doubt gonna... the average Harley fan in America knows what the hell is going on in India. Uh, <laughs> like, that's I mean, a fair point. That's a fair point. But, but like, they always figure this shit out because it's, like, red meat for them. Like, when Budweiser got sold to some, like, company in, like, Switzerland or no, something like no, that, no, everybody no. was like, it's not even American-owned anymore. Like, no, this Chris, is bullshit. I know, drinking Coors. I, I know that you don't live with us and don't know what goes on. Thank, in thank else, God. I say, I say a prayer every day. Thanking, well, thank you. So I have forced Aubrey to watch so much 90 day fiance. And but <laughs> I'm there, not even mad, but there's a couple. On uh, the guy is, he's from India. 
and the woman moved over there Jenny. to Jenny. Yeah. Like thousand years old. And we actually looked up because he had to pay to like divorce to get divorced to be with this uh, woman. And I was just like curious, like the they had to pay twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand of American I think it was dollars. American dollars. And yeah. we, it, it was his fam his parents' entire life savings and they had to ask the village and family to also pitch in. Like they make Holy they, they live off of her five hundred dollars American social security check. Which is huge there. The yeah. average income for India, nominal per capita income was sixteen hundred seventy dollars for two thousand sixteen. And that's American. So Holy coming so with a bike that's gonna that's, get three years worth yeah. of your three or four years worth of your salary without that's just I mean, like that's the what, salary. That's Holy like me buying shit. a bagger, but still, like Wow. So the village is getting return on their investment because she's probably funding all sorts of projects and. Uh... Well, no, he doesn't work. But we. <gasps> that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like we have. If I ever asked my parents for twenty thousand dollars to get a divorce, they'd be like. The equivalent of one point three million dollars in the U.S. It was the equivalent. Oh. Like, oh okay. Twenty thousand for them for them it was like right. 20,000 american dollars converted to like over a million dollars there my dad my uh, you know my dad's no longer with us but he would be well nope you're staying with her like enjoy life in hell but i'm just saying like recently we actually looked up like <laughs> how much money people are making in india how much yeah is yeah 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 like, that's crazy it's like in the past week we've looked this up so it's interesting that this actually came up as i'm yeah i'm happy that this 90 day fiance anecdote is able to put my to, motorcycle story in better perspective i have always tried to sprinkle in my trash tv throughout the podcast <laughs> thank you for You'll it cut, you cut it out but I don't cut it out. It I was do, in the last time. I do try. We did a deep dive a couple episodes, I feel like. I uh, just think it's interesting because so many of these countries on the shows, like, it's mainly countries where people ride motorcycles as their primary, like, transportation. Mm. Like, no one has cars. Oh, that's why you watch the show? Yes. yes. And Fuck the both of you. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I'm really interested to see if this – Forces Harley to come up with a really small, cheap, weird like, model through this HF company. Yeah, I think that's exactly what they're going to do, but I think they're going to go through Hero, and they're going to use... Yeah. Um, so that actually kind of brings me to my next story. Up on all the people who had dealerships in the process, because they were so cocky the first time around. Yeah, ten, God, 10% of their investment, if you open a dealership, a Harley dealership in India. That's just... That's just it is criminal, and they should sue. Um, all right. So that's kind of a, a good segue... To my next story, Harley Davidson's Serial One details new e-bikes with specs, prices, and a cool surprise. So Harley Davidson. Is this an electric bike or a bicycle? This is an electric bicycle. Oh, this is lame. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. You can still talk about it because you've done the research, but I don't. Care. But it's the same. Well, research we'll put in quotes. Okay. But similar to similar to I think what we were just talking about, like with Hero, like Harley Davidson didn't make this bike; somebody else did, and Harley Davidson is putting it out and putting their branding on it. Mongoose. So they're they're literally just slapping a label on it, saying it's theirs. Yeah, well, that was it was the same thing with the Triumph too. And like Triumph Triumph didn't like make that bike. It looks cute. Okay. I don't like bicycles. I I don't either. I prefer to keep my exercise and my like recreation time separate. Uh, a few tech details first. According to the article, which is from... Bicycle.com. 
stuff.com stuff biz where the fuck is this from bizjeeves.com the one i pulled up is on theverge.com hold on receipts christopher i think this is forbes.com because they mentioned forbes yeah this is forbes yeah this is forbes i just printed it out today i know this is forbes all right your favorite go-to site yeah so this is from forbes.com a few tech details first all of the serial one bikes follow the form factor of the prototypes that were shown over a year ago uh, they feature aluminum construction, a bros, that's B-R-O-S-E, not like bros. B-R-O-Z, bro. Yeah, B-R-O, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, they should do a name change. Bin mount, 250-watt motor, in-frame batteries, and Gates Kevlar belt drive. <laughs> I'm sorry, we were watching some trash TV before we started the call. And <laughs> this girl's name is Tudor, and she's like very T U T E R. It's a my big fat gypsy Mar- my Ameri- big fat American gypsy wedding. I just can't keep up. God, how like, fucking many of these can there be? Hey, hey, hey my name's Tudor. But she's like she's like a drummer. She's like very punk rock. And she's she was also seventeen. Seventeen, getting married. It's a very bizarre. Oh, Jesus lots, Christ! Lots of first cousin weddings on purpose. Um, but hey. I'm Tudor. <laughs> she's like, she's got this really long hair. She's like Janis Joplin reincarnated, like into punk rock music. But every time she talks, she's like, not wearing a white wedding dress. <laughs> it's just like her voice is very, very, uh, very great. That's, that is great. Tudor's listening. Um, <laughs> what does it have to do with what I'm talking about right this second? While you guys are talking, I'm going to go get the ice cream to start oh, the frosting. I, I, yeah, let's talk about it. I'm reading the article too. Okay, so... First thing I noticed, this is belt drive instead of a chain. So that's kind of true to the Harley brand. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, none of the bikes have suspension forks or linkages. Three of the four bikes will have uh, automatic rear hub with automated gearing, LED lights, lit shield logo on the front. I dig it. Like, you know what? It actually looks really cute. The vintage throwback of the, the one I'm looking at is like the black frame, white tires, brown seat, very beach cruiser cruiser very vintage yeah it looks cool personally i feel much safer on a motorcycle oddly enough than a bicycle in a city um but i can totally see the appeal of this they're very popular right now i think going into you know next year when a lot of people are working from home and people are going to want to go back outside again bicycles are going to have another resurgence once it gets warm uh i think i think that too um i think that initially i was concerned like okay like they're um they're releasing an urban commuter but people aren't urban commuting but it's also like i think the recreation the people who are using it for recreation is far going to eclipse anybody who's not like taking it to work or whatever do you know what i mean they, they say what the price on this was going to be i'm sorry if you oh, mentioned- I'll, get, I'll get to that hold on first <laughs> class one types have a top speed of 20 miles per hour while the top of the line class three machine uh 28 miles per hour I would, but also I want to say this is I like this 10 times more than when I see those human beings scooting around on scooters. Like, I think everyone should lame. be lame. <laughs> everyone should just be on a, like, just. Wait, hey. you mean like the little electric scooters? Yeah. Yeah, like a, like a, Wee. like with your foot, like the, the yeah. what are they? Like a, like a right? razor scooter? You're talking about like a yeah, razor scooter? Yeah, but they make ones with like. like the electric razor scooters. Yeah. Yeah, it's all over the city and they're wicked annoying, but. Yeah, Cause I still like a, I still like a, a Vespa. 
And they're, they're, yeah, no, I wasn't talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and they're pretty expensive. I, you could just look cooler on a bicycle. Well, before you say, oh no. Okay, so prices start at, well, let me guess. Do I get um, 2350. Uh, Oof. So it starts, they start, <laughs> it start at $3,399. No! no! What is wrong with Harley? And then, and then they top out at 5000 You know how many Honda Shadows I can buy for that? Upwards to three. <laughs> five, five grand? That's insane. No, what? So it's five. They are on drugs. So five, five. Like, they, that is so mad. That is so fucking expensive. So five grand, five oh grand God. is what's going to get you to 28 miles per hour. Now five grand, you're talking almost like, that's like high mileage Dyna territory. Do you know what I mean? Like a really, like a really high you know, like that's been crashed or something like that. You're talking about like five grand. $5,000 for an electric bike. I don't, obviously I'm not a bicycle enthusiast. We are not bicycle enthusiasts. We want motorcycles. No, we're not. But I couldn't imagine somebody who's super into bikes being like, you know what? I want a $5,000 Harley electric bicycle they've never made before and have nothing to do with. Like, I don't know. That's I'm, a, I'm a little concerned because the Triumph bikes anecdotally at all the dealerships that I like do work with um, did not sell well at all. Yeah, no shit. It's a bicycle. Um, at the because if, you, if you're a motorcycle enthusiast, you, that crossover may not, may not go. And if you're an electric bike enthusiast, you might not I'm like this one, because it might not be as good as some of the other ones. I'm a bicycle person. I'm not going to buy my bicycle at the motorcycle dealership. I do, maybe, like the, maybe an Apple store. I do like that one of them is called the Mosh. I don't like that. Come, yes, you do. I know you do. I am so offended by that. I hate <laughs> You knew the second you said that, she was going to hate that comment. You knew it. And you said it, and then you looked at us. <laughs> we see Lynn's face. Yeah, I, saw, I, yeah I, 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 I said it, and I just looked directly at Lynn and waited. Yeah, <laughs> she's so pissed. So again, this is a business decision that makes no sense in the motorcycle world. When people can't even afford their motorcycles, let's make a bicycle that they can't afford. People I mean, the thing is, is that groceries. The thing is, is that they're just coming out with it now, right at the end of the season, where Triumph didn't may not have had a great season with their electric bike. Yeah. You know what? Um, I really see, like final numbers. In November and December in New England. That's when I want a bicycle. Put my snow tires on that bad boy. Like, and I get it. There, you people are like, well, I can ride my bicycle all day in Florida. Like, what do you freaking do? But yeah, that's the thing. You go, you go to the, you, you, you're in Florida. You hop on your e-bike. You go to the Rite Aid. You, you get, hop back on. You go to another Rite Aid. Publix, go on. Then you go to Publix. Yeah, then you go to Publix and you hang, and then you go home. It blows my mind that we have these million billion dollar com- companies that are losing money and can't get riders and can't do this and that. And then they're trying to come up. I don't want to say reinventing the wheel because bicycles, whatever, but it doesn't make sense to me. Come out with a $2,000 motorcycle that everybody and their mom's going to buy instead. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not going to come out with like a $2,000 motorcycle because they came to come out with a $2,000 bicycle. But like, I yeah. like, I like that they're, I like that they're making moves. I like that they're thinking outside of the box. Um, but lame. I, yeah. I mean, it's too, it's way too expensive. Uh-huh. It's way too expensive. I think. Yeah. Uh, you got some ice cream? You can do the article? Or I want to read my, my ice cream article. <gasps> Lynn's going to read the article. Okay. Which one are we doing? Um, 
<gasps> yeah, I did that one. Just yeah. in time for the Okay, holiday. so this is like a, a, a holiday-inspired article. Ooh. So, mm -hmm. it says... Wait, which holiday? Thanksgiving. Oh. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. It says... Baskin Robbins turkey ice cream cake is the ultimate Thanksgiving showstopper. And this is uh, okay. Says ourcommunitynow.com. Uh, all right. So is it turkey bird? Turkey. It looks like a turkey. I, if it tastes like a turkey. No, no, no. Oh, you pick, you, you like actually pick the flavor that you want it with. The, they make it at Baskin Robbins. Like you have to order one. They put it in a mold. They, they will do it to the flavor that you said. It says, there are many things to love about Thanksgiving. The turkey, the gravy, the mashed potatoes, but the dessert is what makes our hearts sing. There is no universe where we could tire of pumpkin or pecan pie. I can't eat that, I'm allergic. Yeah. But we also know traditions need a shake-up now and then. Everyone loves ice cream, which is true. We base a podcast around it. That's true. Captain Robbins has a treat made to impress this holiday season. The turkey ice cream cake. All right, so, so it's just an ice cream cake in the shape of a turkey. Yeah, so it says... I was picturing like they would dust some of that like ramen bouillon, that turkey flavoring. It's turkey it. flavor. But it it's says... It's turkey too, it though. Says, um, it's a bird. Bird flavor. It's a, bird. Yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a it's foul. A, don't, don't, don't foul my, my recommendation. So the drumsticks <laughs> most, are, most foul. <laughs> the drumsticks are sugar cones, and they and it's coated in a caramel praline glaze. You I want. I don't know if I can eat that. Praline has. I don't uh, think you can. Has nuts. Well, guess Baskin Robbins is back on my shit list. Oh, they and were. Then, it was. They were only off it for a brief duration. And then they like pipe the sides so it has like the, the illusion we'll post a picture of it yeah it's pretty cool and you can pick your flavor of ice cream the chain suggests that you pick something like pumpkin pie or eggnog but you are welcome to pick any of their flavors that you want yeah i'm sure there's like a I think cranberry that's kind of cool. it's interesting watch it looks the, like a little turkey watch the video of her cutting it up it's very bizarre okay yeah we can post that um, all right, do you guys have an ice cream that you're going to do? Yes. So I ah, got suckers. I got an ice cream. I'm sad that you're not here to eat it because one of my favorite parts of picking an ice cream is thinking, Chris probably won't like this. I'll <laughs> <laughs> have to start mailing it to you like the week before. Yeah, a lot of this podcast is really just trolling my uh, idiosyncratic uh, ice cream Maybe. palette. I like vanilla, Chris. Yeah, Aubrey likes vanilla. Thanks. I don't know. Does it have to? I'm still gonna show you it on the screen and want you. I still want you to try to guess it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me see. Get it, get it up there. I also like that she hides them in the freezer from me. And I'm a good girl and I don't look at them. Wait, should I? Um, if you hold it up to the screen and I have a spoon, will it look like I'm, I'm eating no, it? It won't because people aren't that dumb. Or oh. are they? <sighs> okay. Right, that's definitely a, uh, I'm gonna say that's a cookies and cream. There's definitely a chocolate. Uh, core, I would say, or or at the very least, a vein. Ugh, the, the word vein in ice cream, not, I dislike. You should take a picture of me showing it to oh, Chris, because okay. then we can prove that I tried to involve him. Okay. Right. So, so it, you get what did you guess? Cookies. I'm gonna and say cream. it's a cookies and cream with with like a chocolate fudge situation. 
Can I smell it? Yeah, but you'll know what it no, is. No, not cookies and cream. Not cookies. Yeah, yeah, cookies and cream. Um. Okay, so I think I can guess this because it's peppermint, peppermint and chocolate. I'm gonna go because now I think I have an idea. Mint chocolate. Like a hot cocoa, hot chocolate peppermint. How can it be hot, Aubrey? Hot chocolate. You no, know, I'm not there. I'm not there, but I know it's not hot. Cold chocolate. Ice cream. Oh, the powder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay. Maybe a malt. I'm going to change my guess to malt. A little malted, but there's def- it's definitely chocolate and peppermint. Yeah. Really? Okay. Spoon time. She knows I hate mint ice cream. <laughs> I, really I, I also, I don't like mint yeah. either. It reminds I, me of brushing my teeth and then trying to eat something after I've brushed my teeth. I burned myself so many times oh. in my life. Well, this, this is actually a, this is a swirl. Yeah, there's like, can you see the color difference? Can you see that one ice cream is like swirled with another? So okay, it's so there's two like different a- ice creams. You've uncovered, you've uncovered some, oh, thank you. Something within. It's definitely like a light, 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 light pink with a cookies and cream chocolatey. Light pink? Smell. It's definitely a pink. It's the peppermint. I can tell by smelling it. But. Here, hold your, hold your spoons up there, uh, dipshits. You say that like we don't care. <laughs> I, on the other hand, will eat any ice cream at any time because I'm a human garbage disposal. So, Aubrey, I'm still going to keep it hidden until she guesses. Oh, oh my God, I'm choked on that. <laughs> uh, it tastes like a Girl Scout Thin Mint. It does. Ooh. It, so, it's definitely chocolate, peppermint. I love peppermint ice cream. It's actually one of my favorite, like... I'm more of a Samoa guy myself, although I think... I think can't they call them that anymore. There's Samoas in some places. Is that a cultural appropriation issue? Yeah, I don't or know. Or Caramel Delight. It yeah. depends on the market that you buy it in. Some of them are still called Samoas. And some no way. Caramel some of them are still called Samoas? Yeah. Probably in the shop. <laughs> okay. So are don't you at st- me. Are you, st- <laughs> <laughs> are you standing by your guests still? I'm going to go with, um, yeah, I'm going to go with like peppermint hot chocolate or something. Okay. Why do they call them Samoa? Oh, because of the coconut, maybe? I think because of the tropical, and that was the most... So, this is this is Trader Joe's Candy Cane JoJo's. Oh! Peppermint and vanilla ice cream swirled with fudge and chunks of Candy Cane JoJo's cookies. There's chunks of candy cane in it. Like, are you experiencing anything? Are you crunching on something hard and then... It's, and no. then t- I didn't get any crunchies. I got like cookie bits. Yeah, I'm not crunching on. I don't see. It's definitely like swirled though. It's it's. You think they ground it into like a fine like a candy cane is like a fine powder and then stirred that in? Well, they said peppermint JoJo, so it might just be like peppermint flavored cookies. Because JoJo's are their version of the Oreo. I thought you said there was a candy cane in it. It says candy cane JoJo's ice cream, peppermint and vanilla ice cream swirled with fudge and chunks of candy cane JoJo's cookies. Oh, so, chunks of candy cane JoJo's cookies. I think the candy cane JoJo's are their version of the Thin Mints it's, or Oreos. Or, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I didn't hear the second part because I... Uh, this is very festive and I enjoy it. Ooh. I would eat this. It is festive. I'm looking this whole thing. Is it, uh, does it give you a Christmassy kind of feel? It does. Yeah. Absolutely. It does give me a Christmassy vibe. Is it um, is the mint not overpowering? No. Okay. Because I think that's my problem with a lot of mint ice cream is that it's like mint ice cream. Do you know what I mean? And not like, oh, this is a candy cane that's part of like a cookie and we crumbled that up and then we put it in this other stuff. You know what I mean? Briars makes my favorite where it's like vanilla with 
white ice cream, vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Peppermint. I, I get that. Yeah. White ice cream. <laughs> ah, vanilla, white, white, vanilla. <laughs> Every white man. Give me some of that white ice cream. <laughs> oh, I'm done. Ridiculous. Um, but I think Briars makes my favorite where it's really subtle. And that's the type that I would buy and put into hot chocolate. Oh, yeah. Now, could you see making like a... Like a frap? Yeah. Could you frap this, Aubrey? Would you put a little bourbon in there or like a Bailey's? I mean, I'd put bourbon in anything. But um, say, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You could definitely... We could definitely make some really great boozy holiday-themed drinks with something like this. Okay. And I know that in the wintertime, Haagen-Dazs makes this amazing Irish cream, ice cream that I adore. Okay. The fudge swirl is very um, not heavy. No. You guys going to finish the whole thing tonight, you think? or I'm going to go sit in the tub with it alone. <laughs> I just got a crunch. So it's, I wonder, it's too real. <laughs> I wonder if the cream. I, like that is what, I know that's what you're going to actually do. I wonder if the cream and the cookies has co- has candy cane pieces in it because I got like a crunch. There is there's definitely some crunch. The cookies aren't overly mushy, which I like. It's good. I like it. Mm. I don't hate it, and I don't like I don't really like minty ice cream, but I don't hate it. So I guess that's probably a good review for me on it. All right, all right. Hit me with a hit me with a uh, a review a uh, uh, rating a score. I'm gonna give it. Go it. I'm going to give it four, and I'm going to saying this because if I go back to Trader Joe's and they have this, I would buy it again. Whoa. Okay. Repeat customer. Four. Trader Joe's, like, their ice cream is affordable. That also. Yeah. So it's like, even if I didn't like this, I wouldn't buy be it. <laughs> well, no, I'm not pissed that I spent, it was like two, it was like three or four dollars at the most. It may have, I think it was like two ninety nine, which is very affordable for ice cream. I will tell you that since moving to Providence, the only mail we get is uh, circulars. And we <laughs> sat here today and read the stop and shop one. And literally she, she talked about how, uh, which, what was on sale? I don't know. Hagen Dolls was on sale. And then it had like a virtual coupon and we both went, Ooh, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, you're turning into old ladies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually, I don't hate this. I don't know. I think if I was doing something holiday-y, I would maybe buy it again. Yeah. But I, I normally don't love minty ice cream. The chocolate, real, the, the cookies and cream almost aspect of it really makes it better. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what was your rating again? I'm going to do four. What was yours? I think like um, in between like a 2.75 and three. Okay. I mean, I don't like minty ice cream, and the fact that I would yeah. eat this again or potentially buy it again. Yeah, that I puts you at the two point. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's no, good, I think it's a good rating from me for this type of the ice cream. The fact that you've taken more than two or three bites yeah. is a it's a good sign that this won't just sit in our freezer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, cool. I think it's pretty good. So we'll post pictures of this on Instagram so you can see the what it looks like thankfully with Trader Joe's they don't have a ton of ice cream options so That's you'll great. you'll know what it is it has like a like a striped container it's a cute container yeah tell everybody about the podcast rate review subscribe thank um, you for listening yeah, um and we got a great great holiday offering ice cream offering for the future yeah, or or you can like go get that turkey um, ice cream cake. Yeah, so celebrate responsibly with a small group and eat this ice cream. 
Yep, that's why we're doing this on Zoom because shit's getting bad again. So bad again, and I don't feel like driving. Wear a mask. Be safe. Safe. <laughs> All right, we'll yeah. see you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.